Hey, hey cousins. cousins! Welcome back to the Gracefully Broken Podcast, where I'm your host, Sage. And I'm your host, Michaela. This is a podcast where we talk about navigating through mental health as two teenage girls in today's society. Today, we're going to be talking about why is therapy frowned upon in the black community. So, today's topic is surrounded upon the fact that me and Sage are both girls of color and we haven't really been feeling like therapy is important in the black community. So today we decided to talk about it. Mm-hmm. So first we're going to start off with why is therapy important? So one of the reasons why I think that therapy is important is because for me personally, I like it because it helps me talk to an unbiased person and just lets me know like different perspectives get a different perspective of someone who's not in my school community, family, no one I know in, like, the real world, per se. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, just a different perspective, unbiased opinions, all that. Definitely. Therapy is definitely, I believe, is one of the most important things that you should have in your life when dealing with mental health issues of any kind, just simply because I think therapy, therapy helps you navigate through life in a different lens. Mm-hmm. In essence, I mean, like, it's helping you look back to things you never really realized before, things that you're going through now, not even just things that you're going through, but therapy helps me to cultivate and understand the person that I am and why I am that way. Mm-hmm. So I think therapy is definitely important in a way that, like I said, it definitely helps you navigate life just through a different lens because it's very, very important that you really understand who you are, know what your purpose is. And even if you don't understand it now, I really think that it's important. That's why therapy is a tool to help you navigate. So not even just your therapist, but just therapy, whether it's it's different ways of therapy. There's talk therapy, that's people who draw, people who do poetry, and that's their therapy. It's people mm-hmm. who do, you know, different things to really help them. So I really think it just depends on your view and the way that you look at it. Mm-hmm. That is true. Yeah, one of the things that I've been hearing about lately is art therapy mm-hmm. and just that feel, but it does sound really interesting. Yeah. But it, it, I'm not going to lie, it feels kind of weird kind of talking about therapy in the black community because I don't know I don't know about anybody else but I know like in my household therapy wasn't something that we really talked about and before I started going to therapy I didn't really know anybody else in my family who went to therapy you know just simply because I didn't ask or you know people it's not something that people talk about but mm-hmm. I think when I started going to therapy it really changed my views because at first I was like well, I, I don't really think that I had a view on mm-hmm. therapy. When but, did you start going to therapy? Um, like what When age? I was 14, I started 14. going to therapy, so about almost four years ago. And why did so, you start going to therapy? Why like, did I start going to yeah, therapy? Yeah, like what brought you to therapy if your family didn't like or wasn't involved in therapy? Oh, my gosh. You want to get deep today, <laughs> huh? But no, so um, I started going to therapy because... Um, I had this feeling like just something wasn't right, mm-hmm. and I didn't. I started to feel like not myself. Like I didn't. I knew, you know, my name, this body, but mentally, I didn't have a view of myself, mm-hmm. and I think that kind of made it worse. But also, like I went through some things as a child, and 
just like in my home life, in my personal life, you know, just in school. So it started to become too much. And I knew that I really needed help when I started having suicidal thoughts. And mm-hmm. I was missing so much school to the point where it was just like, I don't want to be in this life no more. I don't want to be here. Like, I would stay home and, like, where I lived, mm-hmm. um, when you looked out the window of my room, uh-huh. it was these trees. But through the trees, it was a, you, that's where the bus ran. Mm-hmm. So I would have these thoughts all the time, like, well, if I stay home today, I'm going to look and see what time the next bus come, and I'm going to go jump in front of the bus. And it wasn't an action that I really did, but because I knew it was that thought to, you know, to really have the thought to just kill myself, like, it was something really wrong to where I felt like I wasn't worthy of this life anymore. I wanted out. Mm -hmm. And I started having a lot of, like, nervous breakdowns, and I'm just like, this is not me. Like, I don't have nervous breakdowns. I don't cry all the time. Like, I don't Mm -hmm. do this. I don't have feelings of killing myself, but... It's honestly not about, you know, what you're thinking at that time. It's just simply about what you're going through, everything that's going on around you. And then I think, you know, so many transitions have been in my life. So I think, like, trying to get an idea of it all really just stressed me out even more. Mm -hmm. So I think it wasn't until I went to the doctors. And, you know, like, you know, those who go to the doctors and you have your annual checkups, the doctor asks you, like, um... Have you had any suicidal thoughts? thoughts? (laughs) Right, like, have you been feeling sad more than ever? And it was just stuff like that. So I was like... Like, were you honest when you answered the question? Yeah, I was definitely honest because I had been, like... I didn't know how to express to my mom what I was going through. Mm -hmm. Like, I would tell her, you know, I always feel sad. I feel this way. I feel that. But I said, I feel like I'm depressed. Like, And then I think, like, it was when I went to the doctors, it was just the icing on the cake. Like, just go ahead and tell them. So... Like, what when was I, her response to you saying that? What, like my mother? Like, I'm depressed. Like, I need help. I just think... Mm, I don't even remember. And I can simply say that because I feel like me going to therapy has been a learning process mm-hmm. with me and my mother both, mm-hmm. or both of my parents, really. So I would say, well, you know, it's <laughs> it's, it's really been a lot, but... I can't really remember what her initial response was, but I think when I went to the doctors and the doctor just asked my mom to confirm everything that I was saying. It wasn't that the doctor didn't believe me, but the doctor was asking my mother, like, you know, has she experienced this? Have you seen this? Have you seen that? Mm -hmm. And my mother was like, yeah. So it was like an instant. It was Mm -hmm. like, okay, we're going to get her a referral. And Mm -hmm. then I think, like, the week after that, I started going to therapy. And it was amazing. Uh, That's great. Love that. Did, why did you start going to therapy? Okay, so I started going to therapy um, probably in the first grade, but it was like on and off. Oh, you started young. Yeah, I started really young, and <laughs> I hated therapy wow. so much. Just like the act of getting in the car, going to, sitting in the waiting room, like just the smell of the office was like disgusting to me. And the reason why I started going to therapy, honestly, I can't really remember. I'm pretty sure it was for like behavioral issues. Mm-hmm. I don't know what I did, but I did go to therapy for that. I wasn't a bad kid or anything. Like I didn't have any problems at school, mm-hmm. but I guess my mom just thought that I needed help. 
I have to like clear that up. Like yeah. ask her when I go home. But yeah. And um I've been on and off since then. So I haven't been going to therapy since I was in the first grade, like continually. But um yeah. Yeah. I feel like a lot of people have negative views on therapy. Like yeah. therapy is bad. Like when I first started going to therapy, right? Because mm-hmm. um, I live with my mom and my brother. Right. So I talk to my dad, you know, sometimes, you know, like, because both of us have busy schedules. So, I, I mean, I talk to him when I can. And But when I first started going to therapy, I remember because I told, who did I tell? My mom knew, my brother knew, mm-hmm. and I told my sister. But I had a conversation with my dad, and one day we were just on the phone talking. He was like, you know, like, we do these checkups, like, you know, what's going on and stuff like that. And I was like, well, I started therapy. And you would not believe the response that I, that I was given. He said, why are you going to therapy? Mm. You don't need to go to therapy. The only person that you could talk to about everything that you're going on, like, he was asking me, like, well, what's going on? What's your feelings? And, da, 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 da. and I was telling him, and he was just like, you don't need to talk to no therapist. You don't need to talk to mm. no strength. You can just talk to your grandmother because she's been through everything. Mm. And, I'm, you know, I had a lot of negative responses that I wanted to say. But when people don't really know what therapy is or mm-hmm. why therapy is important, especially for our generation, right. I think that they have these negative views. And I don't really know what my dad's standpoint is on therapy mm-hmm. because I haven't really asked about it. But I know, like, a couple months ago, me and my father, we sat and we had a family session with my therapist. Mm-hmm. And it's like, ever since then, he keep asking me, well, when is my next session with you and your uh-huh. therapist? And it's not like when he came in, like, we didn't, like, because of, you know, doctor-patient confidentiality. Right. Me and my therapist, you know, we didn't talk about the things that we talk about in therapy because right. it's not his business. Mm-hmm. But we did talk about um, my relationship with my father some of the things that my father has done that has contributed mm-hmm. to me reaching this point of me being in therapy. Mm-hmm. But I think overall, when you don't have a view or aspect on it, I think people tend to create this negative connotation. But then you also right. have some people where they just don't have a view at all. Mm-hmm. So I really think it really just depends on the person. But what does therapy look like in your family? Like, Okay, so... <laughs> As some of you may know, my mother, she's white, and my father's black. So my mother, she's very, like, pro-therapy. Like, she's mm-hmm. in therapy herself, and she's had, like, her own struggles that she's gone to therapy for. So I would say, like, she is an advocate for therapy as it has helped her. Mm-hmm. But my father, um, I don't think that he really understands it. Maybe he has, like, a general idea of what it is. But even when I was younger going to therapy, he was like, well, what do you do in therapy? Like, what do you talk about? Like, he was just really nosy about it. And it's not that, like, I didn't want to tell him. It's just, like, I don't know. I just don't think that he understood really Mm -hmm. what it was that I was going for. But, yeah, that's what therapy looks like in my household. It's very different, like, different views. But see, like, when I was talking to my grandmother about it, I really think it just depends on the generations because, Mm. like, I would say me, my cousins, and stuff like that, like, well, at least a couple of my cousins, uh, some of us do go to therapy, you know, just for certain things. But, like, my grandmother, when I first started telling her I was going to therapy, she was like, that is so good. She was like, Um, you need it. But see, 
I always ask, and I, I don't really know if my grandmother has ever been to therapy, but I know mm-hmm. my mother, ask my mother, and because, you know, I feel like sometimes parents need therapy too, because right. they while they be. are our parents and they are adults, you know, they still have things that they've been through. They have right. things that they deal with. It may not be something that they always talk to their children about, mm-hmm. but just as important as it is for us, I think it's important for them as well. Right. So I think the general understanding when I talked to my mother about it, she was just like, you know, I'm not ready right now. And I really think... To go to therapy? Yeah. Um. Like, because I don't really know what it is to prepare yourself to go to therapy, mm-hmm. but just because I don't know her standpoint on it, but... I think that I really wanted her to go because, like, my mother has dealt with some things, you know, like, even if you went, like, for grief counseling, mm-hmm. that all of that is still therapy to me. Right. So It really is. So I think, like, I really wanted her to go, like, after my grandfather passed away because I saw, like, the pain and hurt she was dealing with, mm-hmm. but she didn't really, like, talk about it, at least not to me, at least, like, my mother was another person where I could tell that she was hurting, mm-hmm. but she didn't really talk about it. So mm. I'm at one of the biggest <laughs> advocates there is, like, therapy, therapy, therapy. Because mm-hmm. I really think it's not going to always be a smooth ride your first go-round, but right. I think once you get into the habit of it and you have a therapist that you feel comfortable with, but not even, like I said, not even just talk therapy, but if you find some type of therapy, mm-hmm. some way to cope with what you're dealing with, I think... Right. I think it can really be good. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, moving on to my next question. I'm not sure if we already answered this, but what are the stereotypes surrounding therapy in the black community? Mm-hmm. What you mean by, like, stereotypes? Like, like when, when people think about therapy, what is, like, some of the negative views or positive views that people think about? Mm-hmm. I don't like... In the black community, I hear this all the time. Because I'm colored, I have family. You know, most of my family is colored. So it's mm-hmm. like, when I hear them, they be like, oh, you want to go talk to that shrink? Like, what? why do you have to call a therapist a shrink? <laughs> like, it's a therapist. Like, mm-hmm. But, like, some of the names that they've called therapists, like, oh. um, shrinks, like, Oh, they don't help. They just want to be in your business. Like, and those are those negative connotations. Right. But then it's also like some people will say, well, well, that's good that you go to therapy, but therapy not really for me. Like, I don't be understanding that because it's just like therapy isn't for you, but it's for somebody else. Like, or is it because you're not making yourself vulnerable or really opening up to really talk about it? But mm. To have that view on it, it's just like, yeah, it don't sit right with me. Well, what about you? I feel like I used to have that perspective, too, like, just about talk therapy. Because I don't always want to talk to someone about, like, my feelings. <laughs> like, yeah. that's one of the things that, I don't know. I feel like it's just annoying yeah. just to, like, tell someone about all my problems and do that. Like, I normally keep them inside. And like I said in the last episode, like, I really use music to cope with my feelings and, like, what I'm dealing with at the moment. Mm -hmm. But um, I feel like therapy is frowned upon because it's looked like you're weak for going to therapy. Mm -hmm. Like, mental health is looked at as, like, a mental illness. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know. It's just frowned upon. And I feel like we're always taught to be strong especially as black women. Mm-hmm. So, like, when you go to therapy, 
it's like, oh, you're weak. Like No, but it's so true. It's though. the opposite. But have, being vulnerable is like. Yeah. It's, I'm not going to lie. <clears throat> when I first started going to therapy, I was like, when I first got on the phone with my therapist, I used to just sit there. Like, she mm. would talk, and I'd just be like, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, <clears throat> because it really took for me to, you know, to, I feel like I have to trust somebody to mm-hmm. talk about my feelings. Because if I don't trust you, I'm not talking to you. Right. But, I mean, I think that that came with, like, growth and really understanding and really valuing therapy, mm-hmm. I would say. But it was more so, like, I was like, I don't. I don't know if I really trust you yet. Mm-hmm. And my therapist would always say that. Like, she oh, would always make the comment of, like, oh, yeah, because when you first came in here, you didn't want to talk to me. You didn't want to do this. You didn't want to yes. do that. But it's just, like, it's not about that. Like, it didn't really have to do with her personally. But like I said, I have to trust you. I have to be. It's only certain people that I can be vulnerable with. Mm-hmm. Because I learned that you can't really trust everybody with your feelings. Because it's some people that take it and turn it and make it negative. But right. it's some people that actually take your feelings and they take them into consideration, and they help you. Mm-hmm. But have you ever seen that post on Instagram where it be like, check on your strong friends too because yes. we not okay? Yeah. Like, I really felt that because I feel like I'm a really strong person. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I constantly put everybody else's baggage on me, on mm-hmm. me, on me. Like, I can cart the weight of the road, and I really can't. But that's my way of showing support. Like, right. I want to be there for you. I want to talk to you. Mm-hmm. I want to figure out what's going on. I want to make sure you're okay. Mm-hmm. But... I don't know. It's okay to be vulnerable. It's okay yeah. to be weak. And not I wouldn't I wouldn't even call it weak, but being vulnerable. Yeah, being vulnerable. And, and not always being strong. Because mm-hmm. not being strong does not mean you're weak to me. It just means that sometimes you can be like freaking superwoman, superman, but they also need to recharge themselves sometimes too. Right. So yeah. I see it as a positive thing. And like when you go to therapy and like you don't talk like Holding your feelings in is a protective response. Like, you want to protect yourself and not let anyone into, like, your circle or your bubble. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, I definitely get, like, the trusting part. I used to be just like you. But then I realized, like, I go to therapy to help myself, and why not, like, not waste my time Mm -hmm. and just, like, deal with my stuff. Like, But I think it's changing. Like, just the – it's changing. Like, like the I'm views find, on mental health and therapy. Yeah, I think they're changing because if you notice, like, well, I know now the conversations that I have with a lot of people, mm-hmm. they be like, oh, yeah, I'm going to look into going to therapy. Yeah, I want to go to therapy. Yeah, I want to do this. I want to do that. And I think, like, it's not even just from, you know, me talking about my therapy experience, but I just ask people sometimes, like, you know, have you ever thought about going to therapy? Mm-hmm. And they just be like, I mean, yeah, I thought about it, but I never really act on it. And I was just like, yeah. But I really think the. <clears throat> the way of the world is changing as as far as people being more open to it. Mm-hmm. Because like I said, in the black community specifically, people don't want to go to therapy. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think it's a healing process. Right. But I also think that people views and just their ways and the way that you think has to change mm-hmm. in order for you to be in order for therapy to work, I would say. Right. You have to be open. Mm-hmm. You have to Go into it with an open mind and not a closed one. Because right. if people already have their pre-opinions about it, mm-hmm. then I don't really think it's going to be as effective. Right. But that's just my... Because no. I do feel like it makes you more closed off 
to going to therapy. Like, just having your judgments and even, like, outside perspectives and views. Like, you were saying your family telling you, like, oh, you're going to go talk to a stranger. Like, I feel like that also has something on, like, your opinions of therapy as well. So you just need to go in with open mind. Really not listen to what they have to say because at the end of the day, you're going in for yourself. Yeah, definitely. Okay. So moving on to our next question. Why is it important to have a therapist that can relate to you culturally? Mm. You can answer this first. Okay. So (laughs) I think that's it. It is important to have a therapist that can relate to you culturally because... I feel like they can understand, like, where you're coming from and give you advice on cultural issues. Like, I know from my therapist, I've had a number of white therapists, but the two black therapists that I've had, like, has been a great time. Like, in my um therapy sessions, the first things that we talk about is, like, our new hairstyles, what nails <laughs> we're going to get. Like, it's just fun having someone that can relate to you and, um... Just give their feedback, too. Like, mm. oh, I'm getting a ponytail next weekend, blah, blah, Like, it's fun, but also I feel like it removes some of the judgment that could come with therapy and just the the um, stereotypes that some therapists could have. Mm-hmm. And just, yeah, it just allows you to be more open. <clears throat> Definitely. I get that. Me personally, so I since I've been going to therapy, I only had one you know, one therapist, and she's black. Mm-hmm. But I feel like having her being able to relate to me culturally has been something that has been a good thing because I feel like her views, like just the views of the world and the way that she helps me really navigate it, mm-hmm. I really think it makes sense because we've talked, you know, about how it is in a black household, like just therapy, period, mm-hmm. and how I feel like black households, run a different way than uncolored ones do. <laughs> and I would say that because I don't want anybody to think I'm coming off as racist because that's something I'm not. Mm-hmm. But I really think race has been something that has been put in the middle to divide blacks and whites. But really, the only thing that's different about us is my skin complexion. I may not have the same face as you. I may not have the same skin complexion as you. I may not look like you. We may come We may come from excuse, I don't know what that was, but we come from two different households. We all have different parents. But at the end of the day, you're just like me because some of the same problems that I deal with, you deal with. You understand mm-hmm. what I'm saying? I don't yeah. really feel like there's a huge difference in black or white. And I feel like that has been something that's been going on for generations, decades, you know, something that's something that's out of our control. But I think I don't look as look at black people like they are less than white. Mm. I feel like we all the same. Like But our experiences aren't the same. Aren't right. We, that's what I'm saying. But I feel like it's a different that's why I say it's different views on it. But just from my perspective I just really think, like, everybody's experiences aren't going to be the same because you could be the same skin complexion as me, but we haven't went through the same things. But I also think from us being both from colored backgrounds, there has been a suppression, you know, just from our families and people who look like us that we could relate to in a sense. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, our experiences with that suppression, that oppression may not be the same 
But that's true. Yeah. Yeah. That's there are like multiple shared experiences that you have yeah. together. I feel like that's one of the the big reasons that I do prefer black therapists. Mm-hmm. But yeah. But I think that white people could say the same thing about them. Like mm-hmm. I feel like they would want to say like since I'm white, I want a white therapist. Yeah. But I ask myself the question sometimes, like, does it really matter? I feel like that's natural, though. But then, I don't know, because I really feel like it is a difference in a way, because I, me and my sister are both black. Mm-hmm. I have a black therapist, but she has a white therapist. But I be, like, I don't know. Like, I wonder if there is really a huge difference in the therapy experience based on your race. I feel like it all depends on what you came to therapy for because I feel like white therapists and black therapists, there's really no big difference besides the experiences. Like, all of their trainings, everything like that are the same. Yes. Like, the education that they receive is the same. It's just how they relate to you is different. Mm. And that could help you. Like, everyone has different perspectives that can benefit you. Mm-hmm. It really doesn't matter who you go to. At the end of the day, it really doesn't matter. Hmm. They're just there to help you. That makes sense. But I also think, like, I don't know. I think sometimes having somebody who can relate to you is important. It's definitely beneficial, yeah. It's yeah, very important. It is. Okay. Yeah, that's nice. But, yo, I want to clear up some real quick because <laughs> <laughs> it's not funny. Because I went back and I listened to the podcast that we recorded a couple weeks back, and I noticed that I was so nervous in that podcast that I said, I'm in junior high. I'm a junior in high school. Oh I'm in gosh. 11th grade. I'm sorry. <laughs> I had to clear that up because that was like, it was just boggling my mind. But, yeah. y'all, we do want to say thank you so much yes. to everybody All the who supported us because it was just like, from the followers, the repost on Instagram, on our Instagram page, mm-hmm. it was phenomenal like I think the support that we got like so many people reached out to us so many doors and opportunities opened up Mm -hmm. just from us recording that first episode which we'll share in a little while because you know you got to keep it under wraps right now but y'all y'all have definitely been a huge support for us and we appreciate y'all so much like from the bottom of our hearts just because this was something that we just had an idea and we took off running Mm mm-hmm but it's just been, I don't know, the support has really been the real. The support like, has really we been We clap really it up for y'all yes. because y'all have been amazing. Like, mm-hmm. Thank you for listening to us. Thank you so much. Responding to us. Positive responses. Yes. Like, feedback. we got so many. I'm proud of y'all. Y'all are doing the thing. Mm-hmm. Like, keep going. But y'all, we definitely want to make an impact. And y'all have been like I said, such a huge support. Yeah. And we really can't thank y'all enough. Like, yeah, So continue you, to guys. support us. Make sure y'all follow us on Instagram. Make sure you listen on all of our streaming platforms. That's Apple Music, iHeartRadio, Spotify, mm-hmm. Anchor. Like, yeah. y'all, oh my gosh. Like, we have so many. And we have so many things coming up. So make sure that y'all definitely follow along mm-hmm. with us. And make sure y'all follow our Instagram, and that's gracefullybroken underscore podcast, and that's spelled G-R-A-C-E-F-U-L-L-Y, broken underscore podcast. So make sure y'all <laughs> follow us on Instagram, and make sure y'all most definitely tune in with us next week for our episode up of 
growing up is hard. Mm -hmm. So we can't wait. We love y'all. And we say bye, Bye, cousins. cousins.